0: Learning how to keep anger out of our lives Today on Bold Steps with Mark Job.
1: Anger opens a lot of doors in your life And suddenly what belonged to God And when you were walking in freedom Now you find yourself bound Listen, shut the door Shut the door, keep bound the devil. You shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Shut the door, keep bound the devil. You light the candle, everything's all right.
0: Light the candle, everything's
1: all right.
0: I had forgotten all about Randy Stonehill's version of shut the door. <laughs>
1: Now, that's a throwback.
0: Yeah, you're too young to remember that, right? No, I
1: actually do remember do
0: Randy Stone. <laughs> all right. Well, you'll find out how it fits into today's message on Bold Steps in just a moment. Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute, senior pastor New Life Community Church in Chicago. Because we're going to be discussing, um, when we open the door just a little bit, we're giving the enemy the opportunity, Mark, to bring all kinds of trouble into our life.
1: That's right. Like the song says, shut the door. We got to close the door on anger yeah. because this is what Paul tells us, do not give the devil a foothold. And you know, if you've ever uh, played around with siblings before and they're chasing after you, if they get a foot in the door, they can open the door. Hmm. And so this door has to be closed tight. And that this message is all about closing the door tight, not letting the anger get a foothold.
0: Shut, Shut the, the door. door and keep out the <laughs> devil. Here's Mark Job's message on anger here on bold steps.
1: I believe that we need to ask ourselves this question. We need to ask ourselves the question of, what am I getting through my anger that I'm willing to do it in a sinful way? What am I getting? What am I obtaining when I'm angry? that I'm willing to do it in a destructive way because all of us get angry for a reason. I believe that anger oftentimes is a learned behavior. Uh, The mother in a Kmart, walking through a Kmart with her one-year-old in the cart, and the one-year-old sees the candy on the the counter and says, candy. And the mother says, no, you can't have candy because you already had your candy. You can't have candy every day. And the, and the child goes, "Ah, stop! While you're whining." Ah. I said, "Stop you!" arching the back. Ah, me candy, candies, flinging, flowing, arching their back. I don't know. They—they they must be a school to teach kids to arch their back early on in life because they all just naturally do it and scream and get red in the face. And then the mother says, "Okay, okay, okay, settle down, settle down. Here, you can have one candy, only one candy." You know what you just taught that child? You just taught that child that anger and tantrums are rewarded. That little child keeps growing up. Now we have 40 year old men in their household, they can't find the TV changer. Or no one's wanting them to watch the program that they want. And they say, who got the TV changer? How come we can, I can never get this done in the house. How come? Why are we doing this? And everybody say, okay, okay, okay. All right, you can watch that program. Oh, this house, no one gives me any respect. No one listens to me. Uh, you know what we have there? We have a one-year-old behavior in a 40-year-old man. You learned it when you were a kid and you've been doing the same thing. now you can articulate it better. Now it looks better macho. We call you macho. But really, it's a one-year-old behavior in the body of a 40-year-old man because it's the same thing that you're getting. You're getting your way by throwing a temper tantrum. Let me tell you this, men. You say, well, no one will listen to me unless I get mad in my household. Listen, anger is a short, Cut way to get your way, but ultimately, it does a lot of damage along the way. So you may get your way with the movie that you're going to watch, but every time you blow up out of control, you lose something in the process. You lose the respect of your family. There's a sense of you're not a safe person, and so you may gain your way, but you lose a lot more in the process. Damage relationships, and listen to me, men, oh, and I'm not just picking on the men here, I'm picking on you for a little bit, I'm picking on the wives and and the women in just a second too. Listen, whether you're a man or a woman, if you get your way by throwing a temper tantrum, let me tell you, you're damaging your relationship, but there's something else that's happening. You are teaching your children how to manage their household when they're older. So listen to me, man. When your daughter-in-law comes to you someday in the future saying, you know what, what's wrong with your son? He blows up in a temper tantrum. He says the most awful things when he's angry. He calls me a B-I-T-C-H and other words when he's angry. I don't know where he got that from. You're going to see some fingers pointing back at you because you taught him that to get your way, you blow up. Oh man, did it get quiet in this place? So, the apostle Paul says be angry but do not sin. And 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 I believe I don't have time to get into really a long dialogue about what to do when that emotion stirs up but some of us listen some of us need just to win if you're in a place where your anger is hard to control and you know that you're going to explode with your language with your mouth that you're going to be abusive that you're going to say things that you're going to be regretting or apologizing for for the rest of the week then some of you need to learn how to just walk away and say you know what right now I just need to I I, I need to walk away some of you wives don't let that happen oh you're going to walk away you coward come on back here and fight like a man (laughs) And then you complain about his blowing up. Let him go. Let him walk out. Come back when he's got his to head together. And talk a little bit more calmly. So there's diffusing. There's a, a moment. I don't believe that anger should control you. And I listen to me well. And I don't believe. Stop saying that the people around you are the reason that you get angry. No one can make you sin. People may elicit the emotion of anger, but they can't make you cuss and be abusive. You choose to do that on your own. So when, listen, I've had women come to me and their abusive husband that pushes them, beats them, slaps them, puts them down, is physically abusive, will tell them, you know, it's your fault that I do this to you. If you would just respect me, if you just listen the first time around, I love you, honey, but you make me do this to you. Listen, that is a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie from the pit of hell. No one, no one makes you sin but you. And you'll never overcome anger unless you, first of all, take responsibility. I am responsible for my actions. No one makes me behave the way I do. I am responsible for my actions. Number two. So not only don't let it turn because once the monster's out, it's hard to control and some of us need to learn how to tame the monster before he becomes the monster. Number two, don't keep it overnight. Anger that is left to fester, will evolve into something quieter and deadlier. Notice what the Apostle Paul says, and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. It's the 24 hour rule. In other words, deal with your anger within that day. There's a time limit on your anger. There would be a lot less divorces if couples had put this into practice. Because what happens every time you don't deal with your anger and, and and you let it go to the next day, you feel like, well, she's not mad at me anymore. No, no, she's still mad at you. It just has gone from explosive anger to festering anger. But you really haven't dealt with it. You just put another brick between you. And dealing and, and not dealing with it again puts another brick and another brick and another brick. And some couples wake up one day and they say, Why is there such a wall between us? Well, there's been years of not dealing with your anger, and it's built up an emotional wall between you, and now the intimacy's not there, the connection's not there because you haven't really dealt with your anger. So I've learned over the years that We need to deal with it within 24 hours. So if I want to pick a good fight with my wife, I start early in the morning. That way I have all day to do it. What we need to understand about anger is that anger is a secondary emotion. And what I mean by a secondary emotion is that it's an emotion that's triggered by another emotion. In other words, when I'm hurt, I become angry. When I'm disrespected, I become angry. When I feel out of control, I become angry. When I don't feel appreciated or listened to, I become angry. When I feel boxed in or controlled, I feel angry. So there's a root behind the anger. It's a secondary emotion. The emotion of anger only tells you that you're angry. It doesn't tell you why you're angry. And so I believe that when, you, when you're feeling angry, I think that the word of God is telling us, don't let anger go beyond the day. Deal with it. Talk through it. Deal with the emotion of anger so it doesn't fester. Deal with the root because here's what happens. If you're boiling water for coffee or tea or whatever it is, and it's in one of these pressure tea cookers, you start, the steam starts going out. And you may say, let me stop the steam. I'm going to put a plug on it. But you know what? That steam is just going to build up. It doesn't stop the steam. It just builds up. And if you put something on it, it could implode. The only way to stop the steam is to turn the burner off. Some of us are trying to stop the steam, but we haven't dealt with the root of what's really causing the anger in our lives.
0: Learning to Deal with Unhealthy Anger. This is Bold Steps with Pastor Mark Job, and we'll continue Mark's message in just a moment. Mark, one of the little extras that you do in this ministry is you provide the Bold Stepper weekly every Monday morning. Thanks for doing that.
1: Yeah, that's an email that goes out to our listeners for free that updates them. And this past week, we had some more thoughts on anger. That's the topic that mm-hmm. we're talking about. But also highlighted finishing well. A friend, Wayne Gordon, a pastor in Chicago after 40-some years of pastoring, uh, I was at his last message as a senior pastor. And so you'll get some updates like that. You don't want to miss it. Again, it's free. It comes every Monday morning to your inbox.
0: You can sign up free of charge, as Mark said, at boldstepsradio.org. And if you haven't signed up yet but want to read what Mark just talked about in this week's devotional, you can read it at our website, boldstepsradio.org. All right, thank you for that, but let's return now to this timely study on the topic of diffusing anger. Our series is called Facing Your Feelings, and here's Mark Job.
1: What is it really that's bothering you so much about that conversation that you had with your spouse? What is it really that's at the core of the fact that he's going out with his friends? Well, really at the core is that There's a lack of trust, and there's a lack of trust because of what happened three years ago or four years ago that you heard or relied, And so then there's a hurt there, and so let's talk about what's causing the anger to flare up. Let's talk about what's at the root of what's happening in our life. It's like a splinter. Sometimes you have a splinter. If you have a splinter in your body, the skin around the splinter gets red if it gets infected because your body is saying, the splinter doesn't belong in my life. It doesn't belong there. You could put neosporin on it. You could put a something that causes the pain to be deadened, but it's not going to deal with the issue until you get the splinter out of your life. Are you tracking with me? The root of anger is the same way. What is at the root that's causing the anger to flare up on a regular basis in our life? Are we dealing with the root issues? And when we don't deal with the root issues, then those issues tend to fester and they give way to something a little bit more deadly. And sometimes that little bit more deadly is bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment. It gives way to that. Now... I believe that what happens to so many people, especially in a, like a marriage relationship, you have a blow up with your spouse, you get all mad, there's a big fight, words are said, you're red in the face, it escalates, someone stomps out of the room, you're both angry, but you don't deal with it, you go to bed at night, and you sleep as far away on that bed as you can. One inch more, and you fall off the bed. Your husband's toe accidentally touches your toe, and you're like, don't touch me. <laughs> you get up in the morning. Your husband says bye, goes off to work. He's kind of forgot about it, the work of the day done. He's done with it, over. He, feel, he feels like, well, we got mad at each other, but, but it's done with He comes back home, and guess what you've been doing all day? You've been festering. You've been doing those dishes and scraping it so hard. You almost scrape the paint off those dishes. You're thinking, and in your mind, you're replaying. He said this. I should have said, oh, man, I should have said that to him. In your mind, man, your tongue is sharper than any. You have the quickest comebacks. It's a one-two punch you give them. And you're, well, if he says it again, this is what I'm going to say. And I'm going to remind him of this. And wait till I tell him, that, oh, I should have said this to him. Oh, he is so insensitive. He doesn't this. Your husband's forgot about it. He comes home and he says, hi, babe. Hi, don't babe me. <laughs> well, honey, I thought we were over it. Not over what? Oh. What are you going to talk about? Yeah, none of you want to talk about it, huh? What do you want tonight? Is that what you want? And so, because she's festered about it. And so oftentimes what happens is we just let it go until it simmers down. And you never talk about it. You never talk about the issues. You just feel like we got over it. Finally, she hugs you. You hug him and you move on. But there's another brick there. It's never been dealt with. What are the root issues? How you responded? How you were hurt? And another brick. And sometimes it gives way to resentment. It gives way to bitterness. It gives way to unforgiveness. And it slowly pulls people apart because we're not dealing with the root issues. The apostle Paul says, be angry and do not sin and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Deal with things quickly. Don't let them turn into something that festers. The image that I want to leave in your, in your mind is this. Have you ever gone to the basement and you, you know, move a couch and you realize someone left a cup of juice there and it's been a month and that cup of juice has taken on a life of its own? And it's like festered, and it's, there's moss and green stuff growing out of it, spilling over, because it's turned into something over time worse. And that's what some of us are. We've allowed the anger, the hurt in our life to fester into bitterness and unforgiveness. And the Apostle Paul is saying, that has no place in your life. Clean it out quickly. Number three. So not only don't let it turn. Don't keep it overnight. But number three, don't give it a foothold. This is a very, very powerful concept here that has spiritual implications. Anger can open the door that allows spiritual poison to fill our life. So the apostle Paul says, and don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. And in the same breath, he says, and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a door stopper. I just got this from the offices upstairs. It's a door stopper. What does a door stopper do? What the door stopper does is when a door is naturally going to close, if you put the door stopper there, as the door starts to close, it keeps the door open. It's great if you want fresh air, you want to keep a door open, but it's terrible if you want the door closed. It stops the door. Many of us have door stoppers in our life. Your anger has turned into a door stopper. And that door stopper is keeping you from the protection that God has in your life. And all kinds of things are starting to get in through that door because of the door stopper of anger. Let me tell you what the enemy does. The Bible says, don't give the devil a foothold. What the enemy does, if he gets a foot in the door, he's not happy with just a foot in the door. He He turns the foothold into a stronghold. He puts his foot in the door. Once he has his foot in the door, then he says, okay, I got my foot in the door. Now I want to make it a stronghold. And before you know it, that stronghold becomes a controlling force in your life. You get angry. And when you get angry, You blow up and you say things, you feel bad about what you say, you apologize, you alienate people in your relationships, you're saying, oh, I can't believe I said that, and then you get angry again about it. People are mad at you, so you get mad at them, and you haven't dealt with your anger, so then you start to get bitter and resentful about it, and now you have all kinds of conflicts in your household, and everybody seems to be mad at everybody, and everybody's fighting over everybody else, and you start thinking, I am discouraged because this is not working in my life, and I'm supposed to be a Christian, and I'm not... Acting like a Christian, and this is so hard. And you see a bottle of Jack Daniels in the cupboard, so you pull it out, you drink a little, it makes you feel better. Then you feel worse that you feel bad about it, so you drink more, or you pop the pills that make you feel a little bit more tranquil. And now you're addicted to something. And then a year into it, you wake up and say, How did my life spiral out of control? It all started with the door stopper of anger. That let all kinds of things into it. Let me tell you something about anger. Listen, an anger opens the door to lust. I've asserted in my life. I've observed it over and over that anger and lust are cousins. You show me a man that's super angry and I'll show you a man that struggles with lust in their life. Some of you wives are, Really? Some of you husbands are pastor. why do you tell her? (laughs) Anger opens the door to lust. Anger opens the door to rebellion. Anger opens the door to spiritual apathy. Anger opens the door to violence. Anger opens the door to abuse. Anger opens the door to depression. Anger opens the door to dysfunction. Anger opens the door to addiction. Anger opens a lot of doors in your life, and it says, "Do not give the devil a foothold, because if he has a foothold, he will crank the door open and try to get as much in there as possible." That foothold becomes a stronghold, and that stronghold becomes a fortress. And suddenly, what belonged to God and when you were walking in freedom, now you find yourself bound and enchained. To because you gave the enemy a foothold into your life into your marriage into your family into your children into your finances into your health and into your spiritual life verse 31 tells us really some of the things that go through the door it says get rid of all bitterness rage anger brawling slander along with every form of malice listen Shut the door.
0: Mark Job here on Bold Steps. Mark, today's message, so helpful, not letting the devil get any footing in your life. But tomorrow, we're going to deal with another timely topic, and that's discouragement. Give us a glimpse of what's coming up.
1: Boy, anger was a big topic, but I would put this one right up by anger. Oh, yeah. Discouragement. Wayne, there are so many people that, that struggle, especially at this time, by the way, with discouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that dark cloud that overwhelms us, that drains our energy, that makes us feel like we, we can't go on forward like the circumstances against us are overwhelming. Do I even have to dis- describe discouragement? <laughs> no. Because I think all of us have felt at one time That's or true. another, this incredible weight of discouragement. And I think it keeps a lot of believers from living out their call and what God wants them to. So we're going to Nehemiah. Nehemiah fought discouragement.
0: And you know, Mark, it's interesting you point out that action verb fought. It really does take an aggressive stance in our faith to overcome struggles like discouragement. We really do need courage in our faith.
1: That's right, Wayne. That's why this month's bold gift is a book by my friend Alistair Begg, who's just a great Bible teacher, pastor in Ohio. He's written a book called Brave by Faith. Alistair points to the fact that Daniel was able to maintain his faith in a culture that was trying to beat it out of him in a very difficult time. And he goes through the principles found in the story of Daniel. I think many of you that are struggling to stand firm at this time will find Brave by Faith by Alistair Begg, A great encouragement to your life.
0: Yeah, and we'll send you a copy of Brave by Faith when you give a donation of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. It's a great read. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org or give us a call by dialing 844 615 7363. That's 844 615 7363. If you'd rather send your gift in the mail, let me give you the address. It's Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard. Chicago, Illinois, 60610. One more time, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. That's our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd inviting you to join us again tomorrow when Mark helps us discover how we can take a stand against those feelings of discouragement. It's coming up Tuesday on Bold Steps with Mark Jones. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.